Today, I'm pleased to welcome back to the show a Kerrville Folk Festival new folk winner with about 20 years of experience songwriting in Nashville. Her songs have been noted for their intimate, relatable approach and honest reflection of life. And she came onto the notably Texan radar after the release of her 2019 Old Ghosts and Lost Causes Americana album. And she's back with a new release called Landmarks that really builds on the momentum from that last record. With me in studio on today's show is Helene Cronin. It is so great to see you again. Thanks for coming out to KTR. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I was uh, mentioning before we got going that uh, I'm pleased to announce that you're the first in-studio guest that we've had here in several years because of uh, precautions that we've been taking with COVID and everything. So I'm uh, so thrilled that it's uh, you that I get to welcome back here today. (laughs) Thank you. That makes me feel so special. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to talk to you uh, about the new record. And um, I was thinking back about uh, how we had uh, talked in depth back in 2019, but I feel like we've got plenty to catch up on. Uh, There's been a lot of years between uh, there and here. But as I recall, you're originally from Long Island, but you've uh, lived in Texas, I think, since junior high. Are you still over in Plano? Yes, I am. Um, we're still in the same house we raised our kids in. Oh, wow. And, uh, yes, so I'm not. I'm just down the road a piece. Just a joy to have you back out here in commerce today. Uh, I know that for many years you've had uh, a second home of sorts in Nashville. Are, I assume you're still regularly traveling back there to work in these songwriting circles and workshops? I do. I'm in Nashville uh, still. I think when I talked to you last time I was going every month and I'm still doing that I'm still on that pace um, at least a week sometimes 10 days I've tried two week stretches that's a really long stretch to be away from home but yeah. pretty much a week at a time um, and then sometimes I'll have a second trip but I still have my home there my second home there uh, it's a great writing space I have lots of artists that I write with up there and lots of reasons to keep going back and forth and um, just you know not done with this whole journey it's very difficult to do what I do trying to write for the commercial country market, but being based out of Texas. So I have to have a presence there and I have to make those trips. I can't just sit back here and think that I can, you know, phone it in. So yeah, it's very important that I still be there and some good things are happening as a result. Maybe for some of us, it's hard to understand how you couldn't necessarily just write the stuff here and, and you yeah. know, just send it there electronically no. and, and have it work out that way. You've got to be there. Well, you have to be there for relationships. And I mean, the thing about Nashville and about um, being part of the writing community up there is that it's it's relationship based. It's you can't just you can write the best songs in the world, but if you don't have the relationships, it's just not going to go anywhere. And um, that's the important. That's one of the important reasons that I am there every month. And uh, the people that I write with that have things going on. You know, you're all in this community together of of um, just people with very very high aspirations and a lot of my friends not only are they starting to show up on the grammys they're they're getting uh, what we call cuts which is when a major label or somebody on an, on a label records one of your songs you call that a cut okay and so they're getting cuts and i even have a hold on a major label artist for the first time that i'm excited oh, nice. about so yeah it's but that's all part of the relationship aspect of of the music business now, I would like to think that maybe you get a little bit of extra credit or respect because you do live in Texas when you I go there. I think so. <laughs> there are times I drive away, or actually I'm flying a lot more now, but okay. times that I get on the plane and I sit down and I just go, I am so glad I don't live here. And then when I'm here, I think, 
I wish I were yeah. in Nashville. You know, it's very hard to, to do this um, from from two different places, but I kind of feel like I have the best of both worlds. And and there's a lot of respect for Texas artists in Nashville now, maybe more more so than in years past. Cody Johnson is doing really well, and he's he's you know basically been a Texas artist who is who is coming up and becoming a, a national level artist. I mean, to me, you know, he could be our next Garth Brooks. So you know, it's changing. That's good. That's good to hear. Helene Cronin is my guest on 88.9 KETR, and her brand new album is titled Landmarks. Uh, I know that you have described yourself as a workaholic when it comes to songwriting, uh, sometimes writing you know, 60 songs or so a year. Have you been keeping up that pace on creating songs? I have until um, probably the last six months. I've been a little bit slower paced just because the, the, the emphasis has been on getting this record out. So right. when um, the pandemic happened and we all had to cut back on touring and performing that's when that you know 60 songs a year started to happen so that was 2020 2021 I was still on pace with that 2022 maybe a little slower but um but I I'm not not working I'm just working in a different aspect and that was producing this record and with my with my producer Matt King and uh and then all the publicity it takes to get it out into the world so there's a lot that goes into putting out an album, isn't there? It's a, it's a job. It's a job. And I've hired people this time to help at a higher level. So, yeah, there's a lot to do. Still, that's uh, there's a lot on your shoulders and just, uh, you know, yeah. constantly needing to, to do this thing and that thing. And Yes. Yes. Sometimes um, I've had this conversation with my husband about, you know, being an artist. He goes, I know as an artist, you... You know, you have to have that creative time, and and that's you know your work really means a lot to you. And I said, yeah, but you know what? I also spend a lot of time behind my computer, just answering emails and sending out you know requests. And can I you know can I book myself with you? I mean, there's a lot of of I would call it paperwork, but just just computer work that has to be done. Yeah. And that's the not so fun part of being an artist, but it's necessary. Well, I mean, uh, it's it's what's a uh, gets you in here with uh, with people like uh, KTR, yes. notably Texan, though. Yes. So <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> I, hopefully, it is worth it. I uh, I still find myself uh, pulling out cuts from your uh, previous "Old Ghosts and Lost Causes" album, which was how we first discovered you. Uh, wasn't that the album that kind of established you in a in a different genre than you'd previously been recording? Yes, I think so. "Old Ghosts and Lost Causes." I th- I think the main thing that album did is it it raised the level of the work that I was putting out. And I had put out an EP in 2014 and 2015, and they were great. I would consider them songwriter, um, you know, EPs, records. But I think with Old Ghosts and Lost Causes, um, I got a lot of respect from the Americana and folk community for being an artist, not just a songwriter putting out, you know, records, but but truly being seen as an Americana artist, um, folk artist. Um, so that's where I felt like just the level of work leveled up. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think the new record has has done that again. The problem with a sophomore full-length record is a lot of times it's not as good as the first. But we, Matt and I, Matt King, my producer, and I were just like, okay, this cannot be less than Old Ghosts and Lost Cause. It has to not only meet it, it has to exceed it. And I think we did. How about this tune, What They Didn't Build? What can you tell me about that song? What they didn't build, um, I wrote with my friend Ryan Larkins. Ryan is now signed to uh, Red Street Records, which is Jay DeMarcus's label. Jay was, one, of course, one of um, Rascal Flatts members. And so they've got a new record label, and he also is signed to Sony in a publishing deal. But he came in, um, and he had this idea of uh, 
people love to tear down what they didn't build. And we, of course, were thinking of structures and things. I mean, Nashville is being ripped apart. Music Row is being torn apart. Really? by Yeah, they're tearing down all the old little homes that were publishing houses and building multi-level um uh, multi-use buildings and it's it's increasing traffic and it's changing the whole personality of Music Row. Wow. So that sort of was the inspiration. Um, but it also, we were able to tie it in the more human element of how do people treat each other that are having success? When you go on and, and you begin to have a name, then there are these people that come along and they want to rip you apart. So so it's not just about structures. It's really about life and those of us that have a dream and how, how people can treat each other. And it calls for, you know, maybe we should do something different. I like to think Matt King brings almost a a muscular element to my songs, you know, because when I play him for him and put him into a Dropbox file, he's just hearing me with a guitar on a right. work, what we call a work tape. And uh, the band just made this one so uh, rock so hard that I had one reviewer say that maybe we've invented something called country grunge. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I thought, okay, a new genre. <laughs> no, I know you had that uh, track that we talked about last time uh, on, on Old Ghosts and Lost Causes. Devil I Know. Devil I, I Know. know yeah. I you mean, played a lot, that uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did Matt King kind of have his finger on that oh, one too? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, everything that I do on these last two records that he has produced – um, he just is a creative genius. He's, you know, he's a songwriter himself. He's been an artist. He's a producer. Um, he can do video. I mean, he just has his finger on the pulse, too, of a lot of different types of music. So what he brings to me and my songs that he hears in their most raw form, I just love how he sees a bigger vision for my songs and for me and then that's what he draws out of the musicians he doesn't just sit in the control room and go okay that was great he'll say okay that's not really what i was looking at here listen to this song can we get something close to that oh wow and he's very very hands-on very involved and also hands off in the sense that he wants to see what our players are going to bring to it and uh, gives great freedom but he doesn't settle. So, you know, if it sounds like it's just another Nashville demo, well, that's not going to cut it. We have to we have to we have to be unique. And what he has done with this crew of players that we have is um, they've almost like become my band um, and they understand me, especially now in the second project. They came in not with me as a stranger, somebody they'd never met, but knowing me and kind of having a feel for what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah, that helps for sure. It's just amazing. The amount of respect that they have for me and that I have for them, it's just... I've just never I feel so lucky to get to do what I do with the guys that I get to do it with there in Nashville well y'all sound amazing together you told me that when you went into production on your previous record uh, with way too many songs to choose from and you kind of uh, had this dilemma of of what you were going to do and and with as many songs as you're known to write did you have that issue again creating landmarks absolutely (laughs) I I think um, it was two years ago February you know January February of 2021 when Matt and I began to plan for the new record and so I loaded a Dropbox again I had 25 to 30 songs and we would kind of go through them and well this none of them were bad songs I mean I have to say that but to find the right um, 10 to 12 we didn't even know how many we're going to do that would fit together as a body of work um, and represent um, each other well and tie together well was really what we were after and so we would eliminate I'd have some that I said yeah you know I love that song but I don't think it goes here and Matt would go I love that song but you have we don't want too many ballads that's we don't want too many lilting ballads that are just pretty songs so we arm wrestled almost literally um (laughs) over songs and and gradually even up till 
a couple of days before we went into the studio, we were adding and subtracting. No kidding. And that was an yeah. There's an interesting story behind a few of them. So, <laughs> and the other thing that happened is in uh, in January and March, I kept thinking that I should ask my friend Lisa Carver if she would like to write with me toward the album. Lisa was a well-known writer in Nashville, and she left town, kind of burned out, went to live in the mountains outside Taos, and a lot of respect for her, and sort of knew her peripherally. We weren't friends. We are now, but we weren't really super uh, close at that point. And I kept thinking, see if she'll write with you. And I kept saying, no, 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 she's not going to want to write with me. (laughs) And then in March of 21, I finally just sent her a text, and I thought, all she can do is say no. The worst she can do is say no. And she wrote back that she would be honored to write with me. I just told her I'd drive out there. I drove out to Taos in May, two weeks before we re- we recorded the record. And we wrote two songs that uh, are on this album. One is Just a Woman. That was the first song we wrote. The other is Yesterday's Heavy. And they both made the album, and they both changed the whole album. They both they added more songs. If anybody listens to this record, you'll see that I have a lot of songs that are what we call life wisdom or message songs, or there's a deeper meaning. And these were two more. And so then I had to go, oh my gosh, how do I handle so many big songs? But we just we just went for it. I know that's got to be an impossible choices to make. Uh, <laughs> Very much, because they bumped good songs. Yeah. You know, they bumped other good songs. So yeah, it was a little, it hurt a little bit <laughs> to I mean, make these decisions. It's not like these songs are going to wilt away. You know, you no. can always use them on the future album. So <laughs> It's very true. And I probably have a future album that is more of the story songs and maybe a, maybe a group of those that are going to fit together that just um, we just didn't have enough time and money to to do a twenty song. Sure, <laughs> who wants to listen to that anyway? Well, I, I mean, I'm sure there are people that do. It's uh, yeah. and you know, honestly, uh, of course, as we talked about last time, I think too, albums are even uh, a, you know a lesser yes. lesser heard thing these days. A yeah. lot of people are just putting out singles or EPs singles. and singles are the thing that's happening, and it, partly it's because of the way people consume music right. now, and they don't even buy CDs. I still print CDs because I like the physicality of the product and I'd like to be able to put my thank yous in the liner notes and all of that. But everybody, the way it's consumed is a song at a time and um, people pick their favorite song off of, off of project and that's what they want to listen to and they don't want to hear the other 10 or 11 songs. <laughs> that's not true about, I'm not saying that about me, but that's no, generally in, the right, consumption pattern. And yeah. yeah, the sad reality is, uh, you know, anybody with a modern vehicle doesn't even have a disc drive anymore. No. So, uh, and computers don't have them. And, no. <laughs> and TikTok is all the rage. It's got, you know, however many seconds it has yeah. to be. It's, it's totally changing. Yeah. Well, music. we, of course, at the radio station always appreciate still the CDs. Uh, not that Thank we're even you. necessarily playing the CD on the air anymore, mm-hmm. but uh, it's the liner notes and just having that. Yep. That uh, physical uh, copy to to pull out sometimes when I'm talking about it, uh, it yeah, it helps me just to sometimes just be able to look at the uh, even the album artwork or the cover mm-hmm. uh, and think about the old days when we could actually look at an album cover and yes, uh, <laughs> a and record all, cover. Yes, and so many of those old album covers are iconic now. Oh, yeah. You know, so um, I hope that my red high heels in this <laughs> in this album cover of Landmarks oh. will become. Icon, my signature. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, for sure, for sure. We're talking with Helene Cronin here on 88.9 KETR. Uh, with all your experience working in Music City through the years, uh, it was obviously it was important for you uh, to record this latest album in, in Nashville again with mostly the same people, right? Yes, um, the whole same crew except for drummers. Uh, 
Chad Cromwell was the drummer on Old Ghosts and Lost Causes, and he was phenomenal, but he lives in California. So this time we used some Nashville drummers. We got Jerry Rowe, um, and then when Jerry got a master session, we only could have him one day, so we had Paul Eckberg the other day. Then when we went back and re-recorded Just a Woman, because Lisa and I rewrote Just a Woman a year after we recorded oh, it, wow. so we had to go back in the studio and completely recut that song. Well, then we had Chris Powell on drums, and Chris just spent six years on the road with Brandy Carlisle. So oh, nice. it was really fun to have him and get to know him. Um, I've since become friends with him and his wife and... Uh, and then we also brought in a cello player and a keys player on Just a Woman. So those were, those were the three that were really new. Um, but other than that, we had Bobby Terry again, who is my multi-instrumentalist, banjo, guitar, acoustic guitars, uh, steel, uh, mandolin. He's just a phenomenal guy who gets what I do and, and just brings a lot of personality to it. And then Kenny Vaughn, of course, who is um, part of Marty Stewart. Uh, Marty Stewart's band, The Fabulous Superlatives. Oh, yeah. Byron House um, as my bass player, who's just he's just a delightful man and plays. This time we had him on um, stand-up bass. Oh, nice. As well as electric, as well as fretless on one song. Um, so everybody, they're just very versatile, and they, they love working together, too. The, every one of them, when we're in the studio, they're saying, thank you so much for bringing me in to work with this crew. They love they love working with people of, of their level. That's important, you know. You don't want somebody who's yeah. who's just like, well, this is just a gig, you know. No, I just go in and play yeah. the notes. <laughs> no, we have a good time when we're all together. And and then the studio that we record at is called Sputnik Sound, and it's um, run by Vance Powell, who he's won some Grammys recently. And Mitch Dane is, um, he and Vance are, are partners, and so we recorded Mitch's Studio B. And Mitch is just a wonderful guy. He keeps us on track. He is so organized so that when it comes time for me to go to, over to Matt's studio and do my vocals, everything's organized and in place. And then we can just send everything back to him for mixes. And um, it's a it's the vibiest studio in Nashville, I think. It's, <laughs> it's just a great place to record. Now, uh, I noticed that your vocals are, are sounding quite refined on this new one. Uh, I think you've said that your colleague, uh, Matt King, kind of helped encourage you a little bit. He did. We were in the studio. In fact, it was the song you just played, What They Didn't Build. And we were working on um, the bridge to that song. And I've always thought of myself as kind of a quiet, folky kind of singer. And and Matt just stopped the recording. And he said, you know what? There's a place that you sing from sometimes that I love when you do it, but you don't do it very often. And I was like, really? What? What is that? He goes, it's when you go big with your voice and you go full on. And he said, there's a womanly authority that comes across. And he said, it sounds really good. So I want you to do that on this part. So then in my shy way, I'm trying to sing big. And then finally we got some takes where um, where I did go big voice, especially on that, on that um, bridge. And that's one – there are a couple of things that changed the the, the – feel the tenor of this album and that was one moment where he encouraged me to sing just sing from the gut and belt it out and not think of myself small and that's the song where where we kind of discovered that or where he helped me discover that voice nice. and then that influenced some of the others too well that's something i imagine you will probably take with you for the rest of your career huh? i do and i it's, i've taken it to my live shows it's like don't be afraid to step up to the mic and go, and just go big with your voice um i mean i remember for years i've told sound guys at shows i kind of have a quiet voice you know so you'll have to crank me up and, yeah and i've just learned just just show up just show up with your voice and um and 
and the response I get from people has been amazing. So I'm really glad that he has um, challenged me beyond what I thought I was capable of. And that's what a good producer does, in my opinion. How about this tune, uh, Between Me and the Road? Any comments on this one? Yes, that was a funny song. Um, So again, Matt and I are listening through the Dropbox of, you know, I think we have it down to 20 songs. And he goes, do you have anything with a Texas theme? You're a Texas artist. Don't you have any stuff with Texas in it? No, not really. And um, the next day I got together. Oh, he also said, do you have anything Robert Earl Keen-ish? You know, because Robert Earl Keen is so humorous and funny in his songs. And and people love what he does. And no, I don't really have any of that either. So the next day I get together with my friend Andy Renfrey, and she always has great titles and great twists on common phrases. And so she threw out this one title, Between Me and the Road, and we started to think of all the things literally between the seat of your pants and the concrete surface <laughs> and just started having fun naming all of that from the tires to the, you know, you'll, you'll hear the line, two, two skunks and a dead armadillo. Yeah. <laughs> and so we tried to add a few humorous lines. And so there's one that concludes each verse. But then the, then the choruses are all about almost like the secrets between you and the road. So it was really a lot of fun to craft that song and have the verses be literally things that you're driving over and then the choruses be the 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 travel and what you and the road share. So yeah, so there's my Texas song. <laughs> nice. Well, I think I think that's a good thing to bring to Nashville because uh, they don't, you know, there's always yeah. been that allure. So <laughs> yes, and I play a lot in Texas. So it's a, I played it for my CD release show the other night, and everybody just started clapping along, which I don't get people clapping along very often, <laughs> but they did on that one and stayed on two and four. I'm notably Texan host Matt Minky, and you're listening to a discussion with. Helene Cronin from Plano, which originally aired on 88.9 KETR February 28th. Now, when we aired this interview on KETR, we were able to include all sorts of examples of the songs that came up in the discussion, but I'm not able to include those here in the online version. However, I did create a Spotify playlist, which has all of the songs that came up during this discussion with Helene Cronin, if you'd like to listen to those. That's linked below if you're listening on demand on our website, or if you're checking this out elsewhere, you can visit KETR.org and search Helene Cronin. That's H-E-L-E-N-E-C-R-O-N-I-N. And here's more of my discussion with Helene on Notably Texan. Knowing your habits, you're you're probably already working on uh, new songs, maybe for a future album. I'm sure the the muse just hits you sometimes. I know you're busy promoting the album mm-hmm. and whatnot right now, but I assume that song ideas just hit you at times. They do hit me, and and uh, another fun thing that I did this last year that I'm I'm continuing this year is I joined a song prompt writing group, and so it was Bree Bagwell um, who invited me to join this group, and it's uh, only, we keep it to five people so that we don't have to listen to too many songs every two weeks, but we get a prompt and we have to write a song, and some of the songs that have come out of that, out of the weirdest prompts, yeah. <laughs> have become some of my new favorites, um, so I've got that going on, and then, of course, my my normal trips to Nashville, and the thing that the prompt group did is it got me writing by myself again, because Old Ghosts and Lost Causes had five solo rights on it, and the other six were all co-writes. Landmarks has 11 co-writes and only one solo write, okay. and I was beginning to lose faith in myself as a solo writer, and so the prompt group has made me go, oh, no, I didn't lose that. <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> yes. So, yes, I have lots and lots of material to, you know, for a new album and writing it, you know, writing more all the time. So we'll see. I love the ways that uh, some of these songs come about. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just a 
something that pops into your head when you're yes. on the road. Sometimes it's uh, mm-hmm. these prompts, you know, that yep. turn into amazing songs. Yep. Uh, for us that don't write songs and music, I think it's really always fascinating to know how this stuff comes comes it's about. It's strange. I mean, a lot of it, sometimes song ideas come when you're driving or when you're washing dishes or uh, conversation. I have a couple of my favorite songs that have come out of conversations. Um, it's just all different ways. You have to um, almost, I feel like, People who write songs, their ear has been trained to listen for ideas and to think in lyrics. And I think that's kind of where where I live most of the time is, oh, that could be a song. That could be a song. And most of the time when people like I'll post something on Facebook and people will say, oh, there's a song in that. (laughs) Most of the time there's not. (laughs) See, (laughs) Or I would have written it. But um, no, I'm I'm teasing. Um, My daughters and I joke about how often that comment gets put, put on my social media posts. But um, that goes to show you that non-songwriters don't know what they're talking about, I guess, you know, (laughs) some of us are better uh, suited just appreciating music and and the way you guys come up with this stuff. But uh, It's crazy. It's a a crazy way to try to make a living. Well, we're we're, uh, certainly glad that you have uh, gone into this particular field. I know that you did a lot of other things early in your life, but uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you're. Uh, that you've gone down this road because uh, we wouldn't have discovered your music here on Notably Texan if you hadn't. So uh, thanks for doing what you do. Man, and thank you for playing the music. I, I remember you playing Devil I Know a lot from the last record and El Camino and some of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, this was a great uh, discovery of you because, uh, I, you know, it was, a, it was a shame that I didn't know about you prior to this album. But there's so many great ones on there, Mongrels and Mutts and... Uh, yeah. Uh, humankind a mean oh, bone yeah. i mean i've played so many of these thank cuts you. on the show <laughs> well thank you because that's how people find out about us I, you know it's very hard to be there's so many people that make music and put out albums and uh just any help that we can get intro- being introduced to a new audience or you know we can't do all that on our own so and i may have even said this the last time you were here but um one of the uh, the kind of ruts that I find, at least the music that I receive is in, is a, a severe lack of female voices. I mean, it's maybe one in ten of the releases well, the I truth. get in are by a female. Mm-hmm. And doing a show, you know, radio program, you want to have a diversity yes. because it's very easy to to just have all male voices <laughs> if you it don't is. know if you don't pay attention. But since I craft the show by hand, mm-hmm. um, I'm always striving to find different female voices to fit into mm-hmm. my playlists, and there's just not that many to choose. from. From. So that's why it was so thrilling to to add your name to my to my list to be able to diversify the playlists. You well, know, <laughs> thank you for even being aware and sensitive to that. If you're familiar with uh, Amanda Shire, she's a Texan yes. who, of course, is married, married to, Jason to Jason Isbell yep. and <laughs> yeah. the High Women and all this stuff. She created the High Women because, uh, as she said, that she was listening mm-hmm. to country radio one time on the road and realized that it was just all male voices. That's been true for a long time. Not when I first started listening to country, but. It's been true for a lot of years, and I think there's a movement in Nashville, and uh, I don't know about Texas radio, but to get more women played and more women on the radio, more women on CMT, and I just applaud all those efforts. It should not be as divided as it is, Um, and opportunities should be equal. Music has has to be there, too, you know. It's very hard for women to find the balance, or I'll say in, in the commercial country market, of being appealing uh, to male audiences and yet having substance. And so right. I feel like I feel like I manage the substance pretty well. Um, and I hope that the music is also appealing, but it's not going to be appealing for the wrong reasons, right. which is what a lot of country music 
is. And, and, you know, the guys are equally as guilty. For a long time, everything was about trucks and beer and, you know, girls in sundresses. Sure. And fortunately, some of that's changing. Um, and you have Cody Johnson doing songs like Human, Until You Can't, and story songs are sort of coming back. And, you know, even Bonnie Raitt winning the other night for what is basically a story song sung in a folky and guitar picked in a folky style. And to get a Grammy for that kind of stuff is so encouraging. I loved how like me. stunned she was that she yeah. received that. It's yeah. like she had already she'd already said, "No, I'm not. I'm not writing yeah. a speech. It's not going to be me." Yeah, <laughs> and looking at who she was up against, I don't blame her. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was a good moment, but it's nice to see the kind of songs that I write, which are more um, story songs or substance or deep or life wisdom that the they they speak to people and i find that out when i'm on the road or when i'm playing a gig and people want to come up and talk and and uh tell me what the songs mean to them and we could go more into that if you wanted but it's uh that's where the that's where things come full circle and i go okay there is a need for what i'm doing and whether or not i'm ever commercially successful i don't even know how to measure that anymore because i feel successful in terms of being in front of people and giving them something to think about or cry to or laugh to or dance to or want to hear again. I mean, that's just, that's where the, the gratification comes in for me is connecting with people. It's hard to set, uh, you know, the goals that uh, people in music once had of, uh, of I'm going to sell a million records yeah. and all this stuff. Now, I don't even know how uh, mm-hmm. artists sell records except for in person anymore, you know, at, at shows. At shows, <laughs> the few people that buy CDs. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, it's uh, we're rolling with the changes. I mean, a lot of the changes of the way we consume music are are a plus because mm-hmm. it's fantastic to have the world of music, you know, at oh, uh, yeah. at your fingertips. But mm-hmm. people often don't think about the effect it has on the artists behind this music who don't get that much from streaming royalties. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it really is still a grassroots effort of uh, getting out there in front of people, selling yeah. your CDs to them, or yeah. selling the merchandise, or selling whatnot. T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> So the moral of the story here, hopefully, is support the artists that you uh, that you love and discover here on Notably Texan, because this is one of the only places you can find out about people like uh, Helene Cronin, who is, has been uh, kind enough to be our guest on, on today's show. Her freshly released album is titled Landmarks, which is now streaming on quality music sources. And you've got uh, plenty of links and info on your website, too, if people want to seek this album out. Yes, it should be. It should have links to Spotify and Apple Music and um, even on on my website, the store page, you can you can peruse the uh, T-shirts and the CDs and wristbands. And the wristbands, yeah, yes. <laughs> just you know, handwritten lyrics, whatever. You know, I'm I'm at your service. Just so everybody's got it, will you spell out the website for them? Yes, it's Helene Cronin, and yeah, my name's a little strange to figure out on your own. It's H E L E N E C R O N I N dot com i try to keep it updated with all the latest news and reviews of the new album and where i'll be playing and would love to to have somebody come up to me at a show and say i heard about you on 88.9 that would be fantastic yes (laughs) i hope that that happens uh are you doing much social media yeah i actually uh ran a kickstarter for this new album so one of the things that I budgeted money for was to have somebody help me with my socials. Okay. And so, boy, that's made a difference. His graphics are better. <laughs> he makes me sound cooler. All that kind of stuff. No, he keeps it updated. So, yeah, Facebook is Helene Cronin Music. 
Um, Instagram, same thing, Helene Cronin Music. Helene, uh, I really appreciate uh, you coming out. I know it's a trek to, to get out this way from Plano, but hopefully it's, it's worth the drive it for you. It's very much worth the drive, and I just appreciate you keeping me in mind and being aware that this album came out. Thank you so much. Uh, we're definitely going to be playing a lot from uh, Landmarks. It's been great to catch up with you. and uh, Likewise. Let's let's have you back in here uh, when you put out your next album in a, in a couple right. of years. Okay, I will. <laughs> and if you ever want me to come back and just talk some more, I love to talk about my music. Okay, I may take you <laughs> up on that. <laughs> Thanks again, Helene. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. You can find more about the artist on her website, HeleneCronin.com, and details about Notably Texan available at KETR.org, which is also where you can link to a Spotify playlist I created, which has examples of, I believe, every song mentioned during the interview. That's in the Notably Texan section under programs at KETR.org. I'm host Matt Minky. Thanks to Adam Dawson for facilitating this interview. Big thanks to Helene for visiting our studios, and thank you for listening.